Whether you're a surfer, tennis player, golfer, 100 miler, whatever you're doing, other than that outside, you're going to be stronger, you'll be faster, and you'll have less injuries by just having yoga as a core or an add-on to your physically daily activity. So today's guest is Andrew Stackhouse. I'm at Stack at Jason Crandall's 300-hour teacher training program out in San Francisco in late February, early March of 2020, just before COVID hit. There were about 55 students, and Stack and I were probably two of five or six guys who were in this program. And I think we were probably the only two who were over the age of 47. And so I got to know Stack during a few breaks out there, and he's a real straightforward guy. And I invited him to join this podcast because he had a great story about how he got into yoga to help complement and support his recovery program from his challenge with drugs and alcohol. And he and his wife have a studio in California, and he knows a lot about the perspective that guys have in starting yoga, the challenges with the room slipping off the mat, and just wondering whether or not you're even supposed to be there. Not only do we hit some of those points, but he talks quite a bit about his perspective and advice to men about how to get through some of that stuff and be present and just accept where you are. Anyhow, it's a great conversation, and I really enjoyed catching up with Stack, and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Thanks for listening. So Andrew Stackhouse, great to see you again, bud, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Derek. We connected in February of 2020, just before COVID hit and before things got really weird. I think our two-week teacher training program that we were in was just starting to wrap up when everyone was starting to shut down due to COVID in early March. Yeah, that was that week. I remember walking over to you and catching up with you in one of the breaks and asking you about your yoga story and stuff. You or your wife had bailed out of the corporate world and had made a change. But as you and I talked, you had the deeper story beyond that. So why don't we start there? Tell us about how your path with yoga started. So my path started with yoga up in Seattle. My wife and I had moved up to Seattle. And some things happened in my life, and I ended up in rehab for drug and alcohol abuse. And when I got out, my wife said, hey, you're going to yoga. You need something else. You can't get back to doing your other things. You need a physical outlet. And she took me to a studio on 85th Avenue in Kirkland, across the water from Seattle, a place called the Ashram with Gary Olson. And the studio was 115 to 120 degrees. It was a Iyengar Baptiste slash Bikram style vinyasa. The teacher himself, Gary, is very strict. And when I started, I absolutely hated it. I'd show up in class and everybody's cut and wearing tiny little clothes. And I'm rolling in at 300 pounds with my shirt on and gym shorts and sliding around like an oiled elephant on my mat, <laughs> just not being able to do shit. Yeah. So that's where it started. And I hated it. I couldn't stand it. So my wife kept dragging me back, dragging me back. And I felt very uncomfortable in the studio, very much a fish out of the water. It wasn't my deal. And pretty much in every class, I was the one guy, right? I'm in the back row, super awkward. But my wife kept taking me back, kept taking me back, kept taking me back. You're coming to yoga, you're coming to yoga. And it was hot and it was exhausting and it was miserable. And somewhere in there, it clicked. And I started to love it. I started to need it. It was a healthy addiction at that point. <laughs> well, one of the guys I interviewed earlier who also struggled with alcohol 
said that yoga really was a nice foundation or complement to being in an AA. Like he said, he really gravitated towards having that structure and that practice. Yeah. If I think about AA and traditionally the eight limbs of yoga, they go very much hand in hand. AA was taken from Christianity. So a lot of the steps in recovery are analogous to the eight limbs in yoga. And so they do go hand in hand. Where AA, you're not getting a physical experience going through kind of the steps, if you want to look at it that way. You do get that in yoga. You get the steps. You get this physical deal, and it becomes part of mind, body, spirit practice, right? And you kind of move around this triangle. You move your chest piece around like, is my spirit good today? Is my mental good? Is my physical good? And it became a place for awareness of not only emotional, spiritual, and physical intelligence, which I hadn't had in the past, right? Never paid attention to the guy, the me, right? I was always paying attention to the external and it brought it inside to the internal. And I think a lot of guys see yoga as, oh, that's a physical thing you do. And it obviously very much is a physical thing, especially certain styles of yoga. But then they realize they get into the breath and that's got a major component of supporting the physical practice. And then they realize that the breathing has a real, some mental benefits to it. And I think if people practice and continue to practice, they start to get more of a spiritual existential connection. And that may not be right away for some, but for others over time, they do get to something like that. And that sounds like what you just articulated was, hey, it was physical, mental, it was spiritual, it was grounding, it was introspective. Was that your experience? Yeah, very much so. The biggest thing is is that in my past, I've gone to places to get away from the internal monkeys in the mind with surfing or motorcycle riding or other activities that I would get kind of clear, plain and spot, the zone, whatever you want to call it. And yoga was the only thing that matched that, that I could show up. And I had that goal every time I got in class. I'm like, how can my class go by in a second or a minute rather than an hour of slogging through (laughs) hot, sweaty hell? Slipping all over the place, breathing hard, wobbling, losing my balance. Slipping, cussing. What am I doing here to like, all right, like how can I fine tune my brain and fine tune my breath and fine tune my gaze so that I'm engaged, but not engaged. And yeah, I was huge. Big part. This was still up in Seattle when you got hooked, right? Yep. And you ultimately got certified at some point. How many years later did you get certified? Well, being a good addict, it only took two years for me to go from practitioner to a teacher. I picked it up. I was practicing six, seven times a week. Sometimes I'd be doing doubles during the week in different studios. And then I was like, I got to give this away, right? So we're back to AA, we're back to service, we're back to eight limbs service of yoga. I wanted to give it away. And I took the training from Gary Olson. And as soon as I got my training done, I started teaching at the ashram. I started teaching at several of the studios around the Seattle area. I also got a mentorship with a lady named Tina Templeman who's a fantastic teacher up there. And I taught with her for a year, pretty much. So she would give me feedback and the rest of it. But yeah, it was two years and right away to teaching. 
What do you think it was? You obviously found all the benefits of having a yoga practice, the physical, the mental, the spiritual. And as you've noted, you tend to get into things once you're into them. I think you suggested the service of giving back, but when you decided that you wanted to teach and give back, did you have a feeling or a sense that, hey, there's something here that people are overlooking and I feel like I am someone who can help get them to this place? Is that the core reason that brought you into teaching? Or do you feel like teaching was another way to just extend your deeper practice? So teaching for me was a way to give back and be in service. That was a big part of my recovery program at that point. And I wasn't so good at the AA and the sponsorship and the rest of it. And being a yoga teacher was a lot easier for me. And it brought a lot more value to my life. And it was just another challenge because at that point, I had left my job back in San Francisco before I moved to Seattle. And I was at home with the kids and I needed another outlet. That was one of the reasons I got in trouble in the first place is I got too much time on my hands and booze took that place. And now yoga was taking that place. And it was a healthy outlet. The focus of this podcast is all about sharing these stories to help make yoga more accessible to men who haven't tried it or haven't considered it. Along the way, in all your teaching and trainings, what have you noticed about guys in the yoga studio? I mean, you must have a fair amount of perspective from what you've seen about the newbies to the regulars. So, like I said, when I started 11 years, 11, 12 years ago practicing, it was me and maybe one other guy or none. That was it. And it was uncomfortable. It was the same way with when I raised my oldest daughter. I was that dad with the pram and the park and the kid. And it wasn't like a normal thing. And over my time, I've seen more people get into not only being like that stay-at-home dad, but into yoga as well. And I think it's fantastic. And I really enjoyed my time of growing through yoga, not only teaching, but practicing, seeing more and more men show up. And also, I wanted to be really wary of how females received a male teacher because of all the crap that's gone down in the, sure. in the yoga world with yeah. abuses from the guru or whatever. And I wanted to be someone they would feel safe with. And that was a big part of it. I really enjoyed seeing that growth though, that growth in me and then the growth in seeing, especially when places I was consistent seeing guys come in and say, oh, who's that guy? He doesn't look like a yoga teacher. I'm not <laughs> skinny, cut, ripped, coming in with my mala beads and the Julia. There's, there's, there's no ponytail. There's no man bun. No, no. You know, I'm rolling up listening to Metallica and I'm loud and I may have an energy drink in my hand and <laughs> I'm just not that yoga guy, right? I'm not right. any of that. So it's been quite a journey busting out of the mold. And then for me as a guy, it's just coming to a place where I'm okay with it. I'm like, okay, I don't look like a yoga teacher. I don't sound like a yoga teacher, but that's okay because yoga is for everybody. Absolutely. And it should be accessible. It shouldn't be, oh, well, you can only do it if you have super wide open hips, nice flexible back, you're skinny, and you don't eat any meat. Right. Right? Right. No. And that's where it is really for me today is how do I show up in yoga and how are other people showing up in yoga? And it's funny because at my studio, we have even most of the power classes, 25, 40% male now. That's awesome. And I always hear from guys, I can't touch my toes. I'm not flexible enough. Blah. 
It's that kind of stuff. Well, they can't hit their two iron either, so they still play golf. It's like, you don't have to be perfect at this stuff. Right, but there's this thought, right? Like, if I can't do it, I'm not going to do it. But you can never do it unless you try and come back. I think a lot of guys, when they walk into the yoga room, the first time I went to, it's like, all right, where should I stand? Because I don't want to be at the center. I don't want to be in the front. I don't want to be near the instructor. I want to be in the back. So if I got to slip out of here, I can do that, number one. Number two is nobody can see me in the back. Even with the mirrors, there's so many rows, you can't see me back here. I think there's a there is a sense when you walk in as a guy, you're like, I just want to be able to have my exit strategy coming in this place. What is your <laughs> sense for when you've seen new guys come into the studio? What are some of the patterns you see and how they carry themselves, how they embrace some of the challenges, how they deal with humility or lack of humility and, and just accepting the fact that they're not going to do that pose? Speak to a little bit of that, because I think you have a lot of interesting perspective as someone who is a regular motorcycle riding, Metallica listening, energy drinking guy who's already (laughs) on the other side of 50. Tell me a little bit about that, what you see and how other guys hold themselves in the yoga studio. Well, not to bash on the guys, but we as men are very ego driven and very results. Like I have to come in and I have to be the top, the winner. I can do it all. So. What I see most of all is they come in and they're only going to try what they think they can do, right? Rather than try some of what they can do. So (laughs) there's always this expectation like, well, I'm not going to do that posture because I'm not going to be able to. But I'm always as a teacher saying, look, it doesn't matter if you get into side pro, but if you do a twist or even if you bend your knees and put your hands to the ground, you're on your way. You're doing it, right? But that's the thing I think that I can see from guys most is that they pop into a class and they see a bunch of women in there doing pretty much incredible stuff. And they're like, there's no way. And that's not for me. And it doesn't have to be. You can go into a class. And I think what doesn't translate is that, look, we as men are built differently from women, right? We have tighter shoulders, tighter hips. Your bodies don't function or look the same. They're not going to act the same under the same postures, same sequence, same whatever. That place of acceptance is big for guys. I think that's the number one stumbling block that I see for men is that like, oh, they can do it, but I can't do it, so I'm not coming back. Or yeah, there's that exit strategy. They're either not going to come back to the class. They're just not going to come back. It's one option, right? Or number two, they'll be in the class, but they, when that pose is happening that they don't want to do, they're just standing there or they're just lying on the mat. What are they doing when they choose not to do the pose? Well, if it's my class, I have them get up. I'd like, get up. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And there's a lot of push in my class. So if I see someone and like kind of backing out and just like putting up a boundary right away, I'm like, I just challenge them. Like, Hey, how far into this posture can you get? Or I'll self-depreciate and say, I've been trying to do a forward fold for 13 bleeding years and I still can't touch my toes, but it doesn't matter. It's not like you want to really stop doesn't. brushing your teeth because you're going to keep getting dirty, right? Right, right. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And that's the thing I think is the biggest hold for guys is this society in place. I have to be, I have to be good. I have to be perfect. I have to be the winner and I don't want to look silly, right? And for me to get men to drop that defense and 
be okay with their bodies and not be able to be flexible or not be able to get in those postures, but have them come out of that class with a win, whatever it may be, landing warrior two or getting in a half moon for this first time or whatever. That's where they're like, Ooh, I can do it and I can come back. Right. So all I have to do is hook somebody with a win and they'll right. come back. Right. And I think it's a society thing. They can't get that win in class. They're not going to come back. I couldn't do this, that, that, that. One of the other things I've noticed is that I occasionally will hit a Saturday morning heated room, not Bikram, but a heated room flow class, right? And, and sometimes I'll see some guys in the room. Some guys are deep in the front row who are super type A guys who want to be right at the center. And they've got a good practice. Some of them are just really into it. They bring their own stuff. Other guys who are towards the back, you never see them go get a block or something that they can have nearby to, to have in case they need to grab it. And even when they're next to the wall, I've noticed there was one guy who was, I think we were trying to do warrior three, or there was definitely a single leg standing pose posture. I can't remember which one it was, but he was wobbling all over the place. And I'm just, put your hand on the wall. Like he was right next to the wall. And so I think there's that component too, which is like, it's okay to use a block. I mean, you're cheating yourself more by not using some prop to help you work through that that moment. So you're getting into the problem again. You're asking a man to ask for help, right? We're not asking for directions. We're just, so you just asking, you just we're just asking to use a prop. Did you ask me to ask for directions? Did you ask me to ask for help? Did you ask me to are use you, a block? Excuse me, sir, are you lost? Are you lost? <laughs> Absolutely not. I've been in this city all my life. Yeah, no. And I think that's the advantage I get from being a yoga teacher that's built like a football player that has a sense of humor and can engage. Yeah, um, totally. I'm pretty boisterous. And I'll go to that. Even male, female, I'll go to that person. I will 100%. I'm on them. Because I know the rest of my students, I know what's going on, but it's that one person that's not getting that win or is not asking for help or is letting ego get in their way that they're not going to come back. They're not going to get the advantage of yoga, whatever that looks like in their studio, which is a shame because I really put that on the teacher. Like, you got to be up there looking for each and every one is an opportunity. That person in that room is an opportunity for someone to be healthier and happier. How am I showing up as a teacher to facilitate that? Not to be like, no, I'm not going back to that. I can't touch my toes. And I appreciate that by the way, that you don't want to leave a good man out there on the field, that you are willing to go up there and sort of challenge that person in a way that is sort of like, I want to make sure you get what you need out of this class. I understand as a guy that you're talking to probably that you are trying to approach them in a way that is not going to make them get more defensive, but you want them to understand that you have an opportunity here to, to actually work on something. And I just think you need to do X, Y, and Z or consider it this way. Yeah. I mean, think about pigeon pose for most guys, right? Yep. Go get a bolster. Go get a block to sit on, you know? Go get a block. Do 90-90 with the legs. Anything. Rather than sit there like, just fighting the legs the whole time. And that's the other thing, too, is I think women seem to me much easier to get to a quiet, still place than most men. I don't want to put it absolute, but most men, there has got to be the goal, the win, ego satisfaction, whatever you want to put on. You put someone like that in a stillness or like, hey, just hang out in whatever, a seated stretch that you're doing and just be okay with being with yourself. That's a big ask sometimes. It is a big ask. That's not how we're set up. 
There was a quote once that said, all humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. (laughs) I think there's an opportunity there for some guys to do a little yoga and just embrace the fact that you don't have to be thinking about anything. You don't have to be doing anything. You just got to just appreciate tuning out and checking in uh, with where you're at. And I think for a lot of guys, it's tough to let go. They're ramped up nine to five, five days a week. And they have a yeah. tough time letting go and they want to see results. And you don't get that in yoga right away. You don't get those results. Absolutely. If I'm not lifting 100 pounds and sweat's pouring out of my brow, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Right. Right. And That's the thing is, one. I think the secret thing is just like their golf game or whatever they are into, cars, computers, grilling, right? Guys kind of love getting into the details and the technique. And it's the aspect of yoga where developing technique and skill, like once your body kind of adapts and you really can dial it in and you know a little anatomy, you can get really into understanding the technique and thinking about the technique. And so I think it goes from struggling with balance and just exhaustion and breathing hard into something that can be just like shaping a golf ball on a golf course in a way where you know what you're doing. You could do that in yoga too. And if you've got an injury or something that's flared up, you know how to take care of it and still do a yoga practice while protecting that injured knee or injured shoulder. Yeah. And I think that's coming more and more because you'll see more of, especially in calisthenics training for high-level athletes, football, soccer, you'll see a lot of yoga being used in their training. If you watch, there's a show on Amazon and it follows teams and you'll see a lot of yoga postures being used in these very high-level athletes training especially with men, because there's a huge amount of benefit for the male body, just as in the female body. You see a lot of big pro athletes who are pretty public about their yoga practice. And there's just this huge chunk of the male market that is just like, this is not for me. And they just haven't really figured out that this is totally for you and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to get a lot of benefits from it. And if you start it now, in 15 or 20 years from now, you're going to be in phenomenal shape and very happy with the way your body's operating on the trail or whatever you do in your 60s and 70s. So don't wait for a crisis to get into yoga now. <laughs> exactly. So Stack, for those who haven't considered it or those who tried it and never came back and got dragged by their girlfriend and their wife and hated it, what advice would you give to guys? And these could be guys in midlife or just younger guys or older guys. Or guys in general, what advice would you give them about why they should be starting a yoga practice? Well, I mean, if they've been to a studio, try another one. If it didn't work, try another studio. Get somewhere where you feel comfortable and bring a friend, bring a buddy. Don't set yourself up for failure going in by yourself and just being done with it. There's lots of different studios and lots of different styles. I think most man unless there's injuries involved on something a little strenuous a little active power vinyasa something like that with a little bit of heat it's good to balance with gentle really try out different studios find something that works and then if you find something that's comfortable it's kind of going to be like any sport you got to do it and then come back and try it again give it a couple weeks give it a month let it kind of work into the body and i guarantee you if you're in the right studio and you're just giving yourself 100% to doing the work of giving yourself over to the practice, whatever your body looks like during the practice, you'll be hooked. I mean, it'll be part of what you want to do physically because 
whether you're a surfer, tennis player, golfer, 100 miler, whatever you're doing, other than that outside, you're going to be stronger, you'll be faster, and you'll have less injuries by just having yoga as a core or an add-on to your physically daily activity. Just find a place where it works for you. I totally agree. It's great advice. Well, Stack, it's great to see you again. Thank you for sharing your story. I know you have a very personal story and you've made it a big aspect of your life giving back. So thanks for sharing your wisdom and your practice with so many other people out there and and for spending some time on this podcast. So thanks again. Well, thanks so much for having me, Derek. It's been a pleasure and I hope that your podcast goes on and we get a lot more guys doing it. I hope so, man. (laughs) All right, man. All right. Have a good one, man. Thanks very much.